Welcome back, everybody. We are back for the Sports Source Beyond the Ring of Boxing, show number nine. We have a fantastic show for you today. There have been so many fantastic, amazing, edgy receipt fights over the past month. I cannot wait to discuss them. Canel Alvarez has lost. Katie Taylor has retained her lightweight championship. We have great fights coming up with Ken Bozes and Haney. Ryan Garcia is fighting again. Arthur Betterbeef and Joe Smith in June. June's going to be a fantastic month. And I just saw some notes for sometime in late, late July. We may have the heavyweight, heavyweight championship rematch between Anthony Joshua and pound for pound number one right now, Alexander Usyk. We have so much to go into the show today. I cannot wait. As always, let's just jump right in. So, number one, pound for pound, Canel Alvarez. The baddest man in the middleweight division has challenged, most recently, Dimitri Bivol of the light heavyweight division. And Canelo Alvarez, for the first time since 2013, I believe, since he lost to Floyd Mayweather, has been handed his very first defeat. Going into the fight, I believed, and I have discussed on previous shows, I thought Canelo would win easily, very, very easily. But that being said, something you do have to consider and remember is this. Have your division, more experience against bigger guys, you're taking bigger punches. Dimitri Bavol looked like he was definitely having having his way with uh, Canelo for a majority of the fight. He was really pulverizing him, really punching him to the ropes. Canelo does at times that people who have watched his fights in the past, you can see he kind of leans in, kind of hunches over, and just kind of waits for like an uppercut. Dimitri Bavol was keeping his distance. He has a really good reach, and he was definitely laying that onto Canelo. And you know what? Canelo took the loss. Very humbly, as a champion, he is champion, always will be a champion. He's one of the best fighters I've ever seen in my lifetime, and safe to say for numerous lifetimes, there are people who watch boxing. He took the fight, and he took the loss very humbly. He said, this is boxing. You win, and then you lose. And he has already exercised his rematch. So, we will see what happens. Dimitri Bivol has said, I'll go down to middleweight, and I'll fight him there. I think he wants the big bucks there. I would not be surprised. I know... This was a fight that was promoted by Eddie Hearn of Matchroom Boxing. He's very successful in promoting fights. So if he fights at middleweight, you never know. That could be for, for a lot of the marbles, for a lot of the belts that Canelo has accumulated over the past couple of years. So if Canelo fights in, in middleweight, Dimitri Bavol, maybe will he come down? Will Canelo bulk up a little bit more and be a little more prepared for a light heavyweight rematch? We don't know. But it will happen, I have no doubt. And I'm expecting a little bit more of a... Uh, consistent approach that Canelo's going to bring to the next fight. He's not someone who's going to shy away from a challenge. Every single thing that's been placed in front of him in the past, whether win or lose, he's taking it uh, head on. And, you know, I'm excited to see him again. So if Canelo does fight against uh, Bivol in middleweight, that would be interesting because he's bringing Bivol to his neck of the woods. You know, Canelo's been thriving in, in, in the middleweight division for a number of years now. Every single bit of competition that's been put in front of him, he's completely dismantled. So... That being said, Bivol definitely had his number, but that was at a heavier weight class. Bivol faces a little bit more heavy competition. You have to remember, Dimitri Bivol is in the same exact weight class as um, Arthur Arthur uh, Betterbeef or Betterbeef, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing his name, but he is a light uh, light heavyweight knockout artist. Seventeen fights, seventeen KOs. Betterbeef is out of control. So those two, if they ever squared off, that would be out of control, Arthur Betterbeef and Dimitri Bivol. But for right now, there's been some whispers if uh, Bivol's going to fight against Canelo, if that's going to be a quick rematch, is Canelo going to get a couple hype fights under his belt, you know, try to get things going again. We don't know. I, I know Canelo's going to want to get back into the wing column as soon as possible. Do I think he has a shot at light heavyweight? You know what? It was one fight, and Bivol was 
head and shoulders a better fighter. I think he had the little bit more of a reach, more punch of power in that division. And Canelo, he's he could definitely bulk up. He's been very successful in a number of divisions. But light heavyweight, you're stepping above a couple uncharted waters, I have to say. It's not to say he can't do it, but you're going into a territory where he's not really had that much experience. This is a time I don't know if he's going to be able to contend and be successfully and consistently able to defend himself and even if he wins a belt, is he going to be able to retain it? We don't know. So I would like to see a rematch. I'm sure most people would. It's been nearly a decade since Canelo was defeated. So I think we all deserve a rematch. And Canelo already exercised it. He says, I'm exercising this. I am not going to back down. I can't wait to face him again. So that'll be exciting if uh, that does happen. And if Bivol goes down to middleweight, then you have to see if Canelo is going to be able to defend him in his territory. So that's going to be a good fight. So just a couple things that have happened in the pound-for-pound rankings. So for a long period of time, Canelo was the king. He was at the top of the pile, the number one pound-for-pound rank. Since his defeat against Dimitri Bivol, Canelo Alvarez has dropped five, five spots, everybody, to number six in the pound-for-pound rankings. And Dimitri Bivol, with his defeat of the king, Canelo, has made a name for himself at pound-for-pound number eight. So a couple different uh, shifts in the pound for pound rankings and it's um it's going to be interesting. Number 1 currently is Alexander Usyk of the Ukraine. He is currently heavyweight champion of the world. Last September he defeated Anthony Joshua, got all those belts. We're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show. I'll kind of preview it a little bit. They might be fighting in July, late July. That's uh, whispers for the rematch. And uh, if that happens, that'll be exciting if AJ can get those belts back or if uh, Alexander Usyk is going to retain them and he's going to cement his place at the top for pound for pound if he's going to be here to stay. So that's going to be really, really exciting. A couple fights as well that I want to preview. So Canelo Alvarez was last Saturday night, May 7th. That was for the light heavyweight. A couple uh, the week before that, were two fights that night. There was the women's lightweight lightweight champion championship of the world, excuse me, between Katie Taylor and Amanda Sereno at Madison Square Garden in New York City, and as well was the fight between Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez that was for the super featherweight championship of the world. We will get. I want to talk about both of those fights, and. So the women's fight was promoted on DAZN, D-A-Z-N. Check them out. They're awesome streaming service. They have all these fantastic fights on there. I think they have some MMA, mixed martial arts. If you're into soccer or in Europe, they call it football, obviously. There's so many cool things on there. They have this really cool fight library. You can see all these old fights. They have all these Mayweather fights, Anthony Joshua. I want to say some Lennox Lewis. They have a whole entire library of really fantastic stuff. So check out DAZN, D-A-Z-N. And... On that particular night, April 29th, there were two fights. So at 10 o'clock was probably the main event. Between like 10, 10, 10, 11 was the main event on the women's card for the lightweight championship, Katie Taylor of Ireland. She is number one, currently pound for pound, number one in women's rankings. And in number three was she fought against Amanda Sarano. So big, big night in New York City. Amanda Sarano is from Brooklyn originally. So it was essentially a hometown visit. Uh, hometown return for her, not by any means. <laughs> she got the support coming into the sh- uh, into the garden. Obviously, Brooklyn's right across the river. However, the Irish they travel. They travel for McGregor. They travel for everybody. Amanda Sarno, you should have seen the Irish turnout at the garden. It was huge. 
all the sea of green, the whole entire Katie Taylor, the ole 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 you hear from McGregor, you hear it everywhere. Katie Taylor was represented fantastically. I don't care if that's a word, but she was represented so well with all the Irish support at the Garden, and it was a pretty high-profile fight, and I'm going to say why. Katie Taylor is the best women's fighter, in my opinion, that I've ever seen. I don't know too much about the history of women's boxing. It's really starting to build up over the past, I would say, three, four years. There's big names that's being promoted really well by Eddie Hearn, by uh, Top Rank on Bob Arum, this like Amanda, uh, obviously Amanda Sarno, Katie Taylor's champion, Michaela Mayer is another one too. There's there's good fighters, and I think they're getting the exposure that they deserve and that they need to be recognized for. They they're really talented. They have a lot of capability. And Katie Taylor, I will just encourage everyone to do this right now. Even if you, even if you didn't watch the fight, even if you don't have the zone, go on YouTube, watch the tenth round of Katie Taylor and Amanda Sarno. It was April 29th. At the Garden. So these are uh, not 12 round fights, but 10 round fights. And unlike the men's fights, not three minutes, only two minutes long. So it was only a 20 minute fight opposed to 36. So the endurance that you have to have opposed to men's, you're thinking, oh, well, do they really have to be that, you know, well trained? Absolutely. So Katie Taylor going into this fight was defending her championships for the WBC, WBA, IBF, WBO, and Ring Magazine championships in the lightweight division for women. It was her 14th, 14th title defense, everybody. And that was very, very interesting going against Amanda Sereno. Going into this, Katie Taylor had a perfect record of 21-0. Amanda Sereno had a record of 42-2-1. 42 wins, 2 losses, and 1 uh, draw. Now you're thinking, okay, well, undefeated. Undefeated or not, Amanda Sereno has twice as much fight, fight experience as her. She's been in the ring twice as much as Katie Taylor. A lot of knockout power. She comes from great training. Going into the fight... Who knows what could have happened? Me, personally, I thought Katie Taylor was going to end the fight probably under like four or five rounds. I could not have been mistaken more. And I've said it so many times. I love being proved wrong in boxing. I love upsets. It makes it makes it so exciting to watch, to tune into. There could be rematches. It's just, it makes it for the spectacular. I love upsets in boxing. And I love being proved wrong. I make my predictions and everything. But I love being proved wrong. So Katie Taylor go, going into the fight... First couple rounds, she was setting the pace. She had a really good defense against Sarano. Whenever Sarano was throwing these, like, you know, pretty good hooks at her, Taylor was not only dodging them, she was kind of, like, swooping out of the way, and they weren't even really landing on uh, Taylor's body. She was not only defending them, but Sarano was essentially just throwing at air. So Taylor was making her miss, causing Sarano to exert her energy. It was pretty good defense. Probably maybe fourth, fifth round of the fight. Katie Taylor, she got shake, she got sh uh, shooken up a little bit. I've never seen Taylor like this. She got shooken up. She was wobbly. I thought she was going to go down. Never met the canvas. Never met it. A couple times during the fight, she was saved by the bell. She was wobbly. She was eating punches. Just taking one to the face, temple, body, everything. Sarano was focusing. She was closing in on her. She was making her punches last. They were effective and they were showing her, you know what? I'm upsetting the champion tonight. Amanda Sereno was on track to become the new lightweight women's champion of the world at Madison Square Garden. But remember one thing, Katie Taylor, she's had 14 title defenses. Many of those have been knockout, but many of those she's grinded out. She's champion for a reason. In the later rounds of that fight, Amanda Serno, though then again, she was laying those punches. She did not finish Katie Taylor. She did not. 
Katie Taylor, she stood on her feet. She came out there. She was ready to fight. She was ready to defend her championships. In the ninth and 10th round, I encourage everyone, everyone watch the 10th round of Katie Taylor and Amanda Sereno. It was fantastic. Katie Taylor and Sereno, they are throwing haymakers at each other. One after another, uppercut, just complete blow. Sereno didn't have, not really a scratch. She was not really bloody the entire fight. In that 10th round, looks like she came out of a war movie. It was out of control. Her face was all bloody. Taylor was giving everything she had. She was like flailing, but she was landing every single one of these uppercuts. Her defense wasn't too good against Sereno. She was kind of planting her feet. In the first couple rounds, she was much more agile on her feet. She was really moving around really well, but in the later rounds, maybe she was tired. She got kind of stunned a little bit earlier on when Sereno landed big, big punches onto her, like her lower mouth. But Taylor, that 10th round of boxing, she showed up. She showed why she was a champion. Now, Going to the scorecards, I have to say, I thought this fight was 5-5. Five, 5-5 five. Five Taylor, 5 Sereno. I expected a draw, or Taylor being the champion, I expected a decision. Went to a decision for Katie Taylor to retain her championships, be champion again. I will say this, though. We deserve a rematch. Amanda Sereno and Katie Taylor was not enough for 10 rounds of boxing. We need 10 more, maybe 20 more. It was fantastic. If Taylor wins again, I want to see a third fight. If Sereno wins, I want a trilogy. This was a fantastic fight in boxing. Two electrifying athletes, great promotion. Give a little background on this. Obviously, through DAZN, Katie Taylor is a matchroom athlete under Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn does a great job promoting. He does Anthony Joshua, Alexander Usyk, Canelo Alvarez. The list goes on and on and on. Anyway... Katie Taylor under uh, Eddie Hearn for Matchroom Boxing was successful. Amanda Sereno, I did not know going in. Going into the fight, probably the week before, I kept on seeing Jake Paul behind her. I'm thinking, why is Jake Paul behind Amanda Sereno? Jake Paul has been on the scene. I'm not even going to discuss him that much because I don't like what he is for boxing. He's not fought a boxer yet. He's fought YouTube personalities, retired NBA players, and washed up UFC fighters. Fight a boxer. Until you step into the ring with a boxer, you are not a boxer. You do not deserve to call out Canelo Alvarez. You do not deserve to call out Tommy Fury. You do not deserve to call out anybody. I would love to see him fight a boxer. Any boxer. A boxer. And I'm not talking about Mike Tyson. I'm not talking about someone who's two times, three times your old, old age who's getting into the ring with a walker. No. A boxer. If you fight a boxer who is currently fighting, who is ranked, unranked, in in the prime of their career, and you defeat them, I will consider you a boxer. But the entire time, Jake Paul is promoting Sereno. He did the ring walk behind her when Eddie Hearn and Jake Paul came to the ring after the fight. As soon as they put the mic in front of uh, Jake Paul's face, he just got completely ambushed by a sea of booze. And you know what I'm thinking to myself? This is a guy who's promoting based on hate. Did the exact same thing Floyd Mayweather does, Tom Brady does. You hate me, but you're still paying for me. So, that being said, he's kind of a leech to Amanda Sereno. Amanda Sereno fought a fantastic fight. She fought a fantastic fight. And you know what? She could have been named champion very, very easily. Katie Taylor was named champion of Chip. She was named champion of that fight. But Amanda Sereno, she could have won easily. She could have won easily. She could have put... If she put Katie Taylor down one time, her hand would have been held as champion. But you got Jake Paul behind her. He's just a leech, and he's just trying to cash in. And you know what? I see him, like, 
on YouTube and everything on like Instagram. It just pops up on my feed because I follow all this different boxing stuff. And he's saying like, I'm taking over boxing. I'm like, dude, no, you're not. You have all these stupid tattoos on you. You come in with your hair all disheveled. You're not fighting. You're trying to cash in to make money. I know that's all boxing is, but you know what? It's a sweet science and it requires a great level of discipline and athleticism. You don't have it, bro. You just don't. You're coming in. You're trying to cash in. You're mouthing off. Fight a boxer. If you fight a boxer and if you beat a boxer, not if you fight one, but if you beat a boxer, then I'll talk and see what you could possibly do. But until the meantime, stop trying to leech yourself onto current champions and very successful fighters. You're not doing anything for me. That's all I'm going to say about him because he's just a leech to the sport and I got nothing for him. Regardless of that, it was a fantastic fight. Katie Taylor's championship. It is her 14th going up 15th title defense if she uh, goes at it again. Uh, that comeback performance of Katie Taylor put, a, put on a spectacular performance. Definitely championship worthy. Stumbled a few times. Was very shaky on the legs, but you're champion for a reason. You grind it out. Then again, I want to see a rematch. Katie Taylor and Amanda Sarano, number two, needs to happen. If it happens before the end of this year, fantastic. If it happens on Christmas time, best gift I could ever receive. Please, Eddie Hearn, Jake Paul, if you do it again, I hope you don't do it again. I don't want to see your face. Eddie Hearn, whomever, Don King, promoter, who cares? I want to see the fight again. Amanda Sarano, Katie Taylor, number two. So that was the first fight of the night on um, April 29th. The second fight was Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez for the Super Featherweight Championship of the World. So Shakur Stevenson has been around for a little bit. He, I believe he's a Mayweather guy. Was promoted by Mayweather. Currently under top rank. Then again, that being said, not under Mayweather currently. But Mayweather has endorsed him. Has an undefeated record. Very aggressive. His last fight against um, Jamil Herring in October. He became a junior lightweight champion. And um, he... Went against um, Oscar Valdez for super featherweight. Valdez, I thought, would win the fight going in. I think he had a tremendous amount more fight experience. Much more fast. I think he had a lot more punching power. But Shakur Stevenson, he shut him down. He proved me wrong. I thought Stevenson would lose. Stevenson was aggressive. He was aggressive the entire fight. He was very poised. And he was throwing the punches that were going to get him the victor. He was very agile on his feet. I think in like the early on in the fight, he the first couple of rounds they were kind of just getting familiar familiar with each other, just kind of getting a lay of the ring. But Stevenson did not waste any time. He was landing big hooks on Stevenson, big big body shots, things on his face. He's never really, in my opinion, really rumbled Valdez. Valdez didn't seem shaky, but at the end of the fight, Valdez his face was red. He was beaten up well, and Stevenson did a good hell of a job doing it. He he made sure he had enough of a performance to get his hand held high. At the end of the t of the twelfth round, about maybe ten seconds left, he started doing a victor lap, lap around the ring. And at first, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, you're kind of showing off, showboating a little bit. But I'm thinking, you know what, Valdez, you didn't show him anything, man. You didn't. He was just, whenever he got tangled up with Stevenson, that was the only time he was really landing punches on him. He just did a couple, like, body shots, tried to do some uppercuts, but Stevenson had a height advantage, and it definitely came to his um, to his aid whenever he was landing uh, these big uh, body shots and big hooks onto Valdez. He just was in complete control of the fight. I don't think there was a single round that uh, Valdez won. He, Stevenson was in complete control. He had a pretty weird technique every now and then where he kind of held out his left hand nearly to like the top of Valdez's head. 
kind of like not really holding it in place, but the ref made a few remarks every now and then thinking, not holding the head, not holding the head. And you can't really hold a fighter in place while you kind of punch him, <laughs> give him like a, a right hook or like even like an uppercut. It's kind of crazy, but he put Valdez in his place. Valdez, I thought, would win, and he didn't show anything. And it was uh, definitely a victory for Stevenson. And there was a lot of kind of... Um, not controversy, but a lot of discussion after the fight, especially in the week or two afterwards, um, since it happened, that Stevenson's not on the uh, pound for pound still. I think he should. He's been very successful. His fight last June didn't really show me much when he fought, uh, um, I think, Nakatila in uh, June. He was not too, too impressive. And then obviously when he TKO'd Jamil Herring in October and then the big fight against Valdez, he's in super featherweight and been very successful at junior lightweight. I want to see him move up to lightweight. I want to see what he could do. There's a lot of names in lightweight. I always talk about it every single episode on this show. The lightweight division is the most stellar in boxing. You got Haney. You got Cambosis. You got um, Ryan Garcia. You got Javante Tank Davis. You got um, Lomachenko. It is just a completely stacked, electrifying division. Sugar Stevenson. I want to see what you could do, man. So, it was a top-ranked promoted fight for Super Featherweight for the WBC uh, championship. He already had the WBO for the Featherweight title. So, Valdez did not show up at all in that fight. Very slow. Only landed a few interior body shots to Stevenson. Stevenson, he knew he won early on the fight. He knew he won at the end of the fight. I don't want a rematch for that by any means. No means necessary. So, that was the later fight of the night on um, April 29th. And I gotta say... Uh, didn't come nearly as close as the Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano. So I'm very much looking forward to see what Stevenson's going to do next. Is he going to continue to reign at super featherweight? Don't think there's too much competition for him there. I want to see what he could do at uh, lightweight. If he takes on Javante Tank Davis, if he maybe gets a crack at the winner of a uh, Garcia fight, Garcia is going to be fighting, uh, was ordered to fight Isaac Cruz. So that'll be pretty interesting. See if, uh, that happens, or if the winner of that gets the Cambosis and Haney fight. So, Shakur Stevenson, I congratulate you on your victory. You proved me wrong. I thought Valdez would win. And, like I said a few moments ago, I love being proved wrong in boxing. I want to see what you can do. I want to see you move up to light lightweight division. I think you have a lot to prove. So, um, a few fights I just want to preview before we wrap up today. So, June is a very exciting month for boxing. Saturday, June 4th, we have the lightweight championship of the world between George Cambosis and Devin Haney. Devin Haney has the WBC championship. Um, George Cambosis has all the other belts when he claimed them last November from Teofimo Lopez. So, I'm very much looking forward to that. That's going to be in Australia. They've positioned it to have it um on saturday night so it's going to be kind of like early morning and midday i'm not really sure i think it's actually going to be sunday june 5th there but it's going to be the fourth here so everyone can watch and enjoy at a prime time uh viewing so <laughs> that's going to be very exciting to watch um i'm going to preview that as we head up to the fight do some uh, past fight analysis for Cambosis and for haney just to give you a little bit of a preliminary prediction i'm going to pick Cambosis to retain the championships and claim the, the WBC light heavyweight cha- light lightweight championship. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, just recently, I met, mentioned it, Ryan Garcia was uh, ordered to fight Isaac Cruz in lightweight division. Ryan Garcia, if he fights hopefully again this year, that would be his second fight this year. Um, 
that'll be pretty cool if he can. Uh, I think the winner of the Garcia Cruz is going to be mandatory to fight the winner of the Cambosis Haney. They're trying to kind of solidify some of these belts. There's so much talent, so much talent, everybody, in the lightweight division. I want to see what could start happening to kind of solidify who's the pound for pound the greatest. I cannot wait to see it. So that'll be happening hopefully later this year. Uh, Better Beave and Joe Smith in the lightweight division. Arthur Better Beave and Joe Smith. For June 18th at Madison Square Garden. That's going to be for light heavyweight. That's going to be very exciting to watch. That could be potentially, I mentioned it at the beginning of the show. If Better Beef wins, could Bivol fight him for the championship? That's a vacant right now for the light heavyweight. Who is championship number one at the top of the heap for light heavyweight? Will Bivol have a rematch against Canelo? Or will he want to fight against Arthur Better Beef? That That'll be exciting, everybody. So... I want to thank everybody for listening. I cannot wait to do some more shows for boxing. we got some really great fights coming up. Just a few, about maybe two and a half weeks away, everybody, for the Cambosas Haney Lightweight Championship. And we will preview some more good stuff. Later in the summer, I mentioned, we may have the rematch for heavyweight for Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua. Tyson Fury says he retires. I don't believe it. I really hope not. I love watching him. So I want to thank everybody for listening. This is Beyond the Ring of Boxing.